today we start to wrap up this liturgical year. It doesn't actually end till next Sunday, but because Mark is a short gospel, today is our last day with the Gospel of Mark this year. And it sort of brings us to a lot of what we do in November as a church. A lot of celebrating or taking time with endings. We're going to, November is our month for remembering our beloved dead who have gone before us. At the end of this month, we have Thanksgiving to give thanks for all that has happened. And the church isn't going to let us off too easily. We are going to be challenged today about endings, about the end of the world. We're people who like beginnings a whole lot more. We are, a lot of students are already playing Christmas songs and dreaming of what they're going to be doing after finals are over, and uh, many of us are thinking about Christmas shopping, but let us take time today with the endings first. We've been working our way through the Gospel of Mark all year. We've gotten used to the stories of Jesus teaching a Gospel of Hope and people who believe in that gospel being healed, and of Jesus preaching about the challenges of discipleship and people not understanding those challenges. But then, today, on our last day with Mark, Jesus speaks vividly about the end of the world. It seems to come out of the blue. And if you're anything like me, it speaks of things you'd rather not see happen. The sun being darkened, the moon not giving off its light, stars falling from the sky. Other portions of this same chapter of Mark, parts that we did not read today, talk of other unpleasant stuff. Did Jesus really say this? Did Mark make this up? Did the later editor add this speech to what Mark had written? The more we study the Gospel of Mark the more plausible it seems that Jesus indeed said this. The very first words out of Jesus' mouth in chapter 1 were that the time had been fulfilled and that the kingdom of God was at hand. His healings and his teachings in the Gospel of Mark are framed in the context of the kingdom breaking into our world. This part of Mark today is called the Little Apocalypse. The more we study apocalyptic literature, the more we see that it's central to our Judeo-Christian tradition. For us Christians, the apocalyptic writing we're probably most familiar with is the book of Revelation. But the book of Daniel is also apocalyptic, as today's first reading showed, talking about the coming of the Son of Man. There are also apocalyptic sections in Ezekiel and Zechariah, But Judaism in the three centuries before Christ's birth is filled with apocalyptic writings, writings that influenced both Jews and early Christians, even if those writings didn't make it into the final cut of the Bible. These books speak in vivid terms and fantastic technicolor events filled with detailed descriptions featuring lots of numbers and colors. These passages are not to be interpreted literally. Throughout the ages, people have repeatedly predicted that the end of the world was upon us because all the events of apocalyptic literature had been fulfilled. 
even though Jesus said that no one knows the day or the hour, they keep predicting it. In the last month, I can think of three events that sound as if they are fulfillments of the 13th chapter of Mark. Not sections we heard today, but Jesus talks earlier in the chapter of wars and reports of wars, which sure sounds like what's happening in Syria, Israel, and Gaza. Jesus talks of a tragedy that will cause people on a housetop not to go down or enter to get anything out of the house. Sounds like Hurricane Sandy. And as unbelievable as it may seem in East Tennessee, we have just experienced earthquakes from place to place. But fixating on the details is to miss the main point of apocalyptic literature. The main point is this. Those of us who have led lives of discipleship will experience eternal joy. Daniel hears the Lord say, At that time your people shall escape the destruction. The wise shall shine brightly, and those who lead the many to justice shall be like the stars forever. Jesus says that the Son of Man will send his angels to gather his elect. My words will not pass away. It's a message of profound love, joy, and happiness. Many of us, however, when we hear apocalyptic passages, are terrified. No matter how metaphorical the stories are about what happens before the end, it sounds pretty awful. Our reaction is very different from the people who first heard these passages. Part of the problem for us is that apocalyptic literature is written by people and for people who were being oppressed. Israelites living through the Seleucid and Roman occupations in the centuries before Christ's birth. Or Christians in Asia Minor living through the persecution of Domitian that inspired the book of Revelation. It's similar to African American slaves who found consolation in singing spirituals about crossing the River Jordan at the end of their lives. Most Jews of Seleucid occupied Palestine. Most Christians of first century Asia Minor and most African-American slaves of the early 1800s longed for the second coming of the Son of Man in a way that's probably foreign to us. If the second coming of Christ doesn't sound as appealing to us, perhaps we're a little bit too comfortable with how things are currently going for us. It's about beginnings versus endings. The question for us is this. When we join our hands at Mass and pray that thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven, do we mean it? Are we ready for God to come reconcile the world? Or do we want some more time to get ready? What is the appropriate prayerful response to these apocalyptic messages about the future? Well, we've had the answer for quite a while. The words that ended our gospel passage today are the last words we'll hear from Mark at Mass for the next two years. But the first words that we heard from Mark 50 weeks ago on the first day of the liturgical year were the very next verse that comes after this passage today. We ended with verse 32. Our first verse on November 27th last year was verse 33. And those words of advice from Jesus are.
Be watchful. Be alert.